you, you end up overestimating in all situations the you in the equation mm-hmm. or the we in the equation if it's a group. And when you're overestimating the you or the we, what are you discounting? The luck. Hello, everyone. This is Ellen, the producer of The Black Line Between Sales and Marketing with Doug Davidoff, CEO of Imagine Business Development and Mike Donnelly, CEO of Seven Cents. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to this edition of the Black Line Podcast. Mike. It's happening. It's July. All-Star Games next week. All-Star Game is next next week. All-Star Game is this weekend, basically. It's like three days away. Well, it starts this, the, 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 the event starts this weekend. I, I, I'm meaning to ask you, did you, did you get a ticket? I got a ticket to the Futures Game. Uh, but not the, not the actual I game. I don't have corporate benefactors like you do, Mike. That's I, I, a shame. I love, I'm, I love I'm baseball, sorry. But I love baseball, but $315 for a exhibition game. You know, I got to, I got to pay for this email optimization send time tool. And, you know, so it really came down to I could go to the all-star game or I could optimize send times for, uh, for my clients. You should have gone to the all-star game. I probably should have. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. Um, so, hey, I thought we would talk about something maybe a little bit different today. I thought uh, we would talk about the not-so-good side of, of growing a business, of, of closing sales, of demand generation, you know, whatever it is. We get on here. We, we, we love to challenge people. We do a great job of telling people, here's what's great. So I thought we might talk a little bit about the other side of it. I like it. I also thought I might try to do something to get rid of the glare. It, uh, for those of you watching on video, we're uh, got a little too much sun coming on my face. And I've, I've already got a face too much made for radio. So when it, when it gets all washed out like that by the sun, it just becomes, <laughs> even, becomes even worse. So um, how's, how's your last month been, Mike? I don't know. It's always, you know, it's always a roller coaster ride, up and down, up and down, up and down. One day you're excited, the next day you're not. I was talking to a friend of mine actually this morning. Uh, he owns his own business, and we were just chatting about the, the challenges of it. And You know, he, he finished the conversation. He could tell I was a little bit down and just said, hey, man, you got to keep your head high, dude. Just keep grinding. Just keep grinding through it. Um, and then my day got a little bit better, and then it got a little worse been a little bit better and now i'm talking to you so i don't don't know if this is going to get better or worse hey it's all downhill from talking to me how about you i i i had something happen just before this podcast that maybe that's why i'm talking about this i had something that happened uh that hasn't happened in a really 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 long time for us and that is uh you know we lost the sale and we never lose that that's that's obviously i'm kidding there we lost the sale that i didn't expect to lose and that doesn't happen I'm, you know me, I'm, I'm the most pessimistic person through the sales process. All I do is figure out what's wrong with it. And, and, um, so I'm not going to lie. It hurt. It, it was a good one too. I mean, it's like, it's like you got that Marlin and, and, and it's out of the water. It, I'm talking, it's out of the water, right? They got the bucket ready for it. 
You know what I'm saying? You're like, hey, everybody, <laughs> hey, everybody dinner's here. And, and the fish all of a sudden, like, grew hands and took the hook out of its uh, mouth and said, bye, everybody, and went back in and, and, and said, hey, I really enjoyed our time together. I mean, I got a really – I mean, I got a lot of nice compliments. Um, but <laughs> um, you might have even got a few pictures, but – jump back in the water no i'm saying that the fish complimented me is, is what i'm saying right yeah, it was, it was, it was awesome. so so what um, happened well, I, mean, you first know, it's, I mean it just it always sucks well you know it, it, it's it's interesting and so um you know this this was actually um th- th- this was one of the early ones that had actually been sourced by ryan ryan managed it all the way through so obviously um he's he's not I'm happy. He's probably mad that I'm talking about him on the podcast right now, but Hey, guess what? Too bad. Um, yeah. And so we, you know, we did what we did, what, well, he did what every salesperson does after you lose a sale and said, well, you know, we didn't do anything wrong. Um, and the truth is we didn't do, I mean, like we did what we were supposed to do. Um, I mean, there's a couple places and I, I don't, maybe on a future podcast, we can talk about, about the sales strategy and I, and I'd be happy to break down, um, where I mean, it's like I know, I know two mistakes that got made, um, and 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 the interesting thing is what I what I explained to him, and, and I think this is the challenge of of running a business. I, this is the challenge of running um, an outcome, because that's really what running a business is at the end of the day. Don't you think it's really about mm-hmm. running an outcome? And so yeah. it's, it's true when you're doing sales. Like accounting doesn't run outcomes; they just they punch number. You know, you know what I mean? It's like okay, did you? You know, I got, I got my stack of paper done. That, that, that's what, and I'm picking on accountants, but you know, basically. And, and so, you know, there were a couple of mistakes that I know we made. Um, one of them I knew we made when we made it. Um, and, you know, the interesting thing, as I was telling you before, it's, you, there's that question of, are you, um, are you, you know, is, is the cost of fixing the problem bigger than the cost of the problem, right? And, and so I think that's where sales teams, sales executives, business owners, marketing executives, I think one of the places where we make mistakes is we think in this world of, did I do it right or did I do it wrong? And, and the reality is, it's always right and wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah. And. And sometimes you do it wrong because it's better to do it wrong actually than, 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 than to do it right. And, um, and I think one of the other things that has me thinking about this is I'm reading, I'm actually not reading it. I'm, I haven't done this in forever. I'm listening to a book. I can't remember the last time I listened to a book, um, but I'm listening to a book. Um, does that count as reading a book, by the way? Anybody? <laughs> in my world, it does. Alan, do I get to say I read a book if I if I actually listen to it? Oh yeah, okay. we'll do it for you only. Okay. Um, and you're gonna love the title of this book because when I tell you the title of the book, you're gonna think, "Oh my God, that nails me." At least I think it nails me. Um, it's a book called Thinking in Bets. Um, and and so it's it's written by, um, like an Ivy League graduate in in um psychology and something happened while she was getting her, her postgraduate degree. And, and so she like left, 
how to make a living. Her brother was already a champion poker player. She started playing poker. And so through her career, she made like 4.5. She's like won $4.5 million. I think it's funny. She won $4.5 million officially, like in official poker. I'm pretty sure she runs she yeah, yeah. Runs somebody, There's some other games that she's poker. Right. No. <laughs> I just have a feeling they don't report all of their winnings. That's yeah. I thought. Um, and, and the whole point of it is that, that, you know, it's how to make decisions when you don't have all the information. Um, and, you know, um, I can't remember what it was, but two, three, four podcasts ago, we talked about what does it mean to be data, to be, um, to be data driven. And you remember that I wrote a blog post a couple of weeks ago on, on the same yeah. topic. And, and I know that got your attention. And, and, and so what hit me there was, I think if you're data driven, like I wish I had started reading this book or listening to the book as the case may be. Uh, okay, my OCD is kicking in. Um, I I thought, you know, ADHD and OCD, sometimes they fight each other. It's a really interesting battle at that point. Um, I, I, I wish I had I wish I had started the book when I wrote uh, the blog post or, or when we had that recording. Because I think if you're data-driven, you have to think in bets. If you're not thinking in bets, then you're not data-driven. Yeah. Um, and you remember, I, I had that piece that I know. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's about probabilities. Right. Yeah. You, you can't be data driven and, and think in certainty. And, and so I think that there's this horrible analogy that gets used for strategy in business too often. And that's chess. Everyone uses chess as the metaphor for thinking ahead. Right. I think chess is a crappy analogy for, for sales, marketing, or business executives. What do you think about that? Keep, keep unpacking this. I mean, what about Connect Four? Because when I was on vacation last week, nobody could beat me at Connect Four. What about Hungry was, Hippo or Dnipkina? I, I was thinking five moves ahead. So I got to beat all the kids. They all didn't like me. Then even I, none I of the adults. I find if you play, if, if you, if you find board games and you keep your competition 30, you know, under age 12, you can win and you can win a lot. Right? <laughs> May the odds be in your favor. So, so chess is a game of perfect information. Yeah, no, you know exactly right. where, where you everything. Have, you have, so, so, I mean, so here's the problem. Here's the problem with chess. And, and she talks about this in this book, in the, in the book, thinking events. Ellen, make sure we get the, uh, the, the book information uh, in, in the show notes. Gotcha. So the superior chess player wins every time, unless the superior chess player makes a mistake. Mm -hmm. and, and if you were to have say Gary Kasparov, if I were to play Gary Kasparov, I have zero chance of winning, zero. Because he could, he could beat me asleep. Who's Gary Kasparov? He is the, uh, um, the highest level grandmaster chess player that's still alive. God. <laughs> How do you know that? <laughs> could he beat Watson? Well, he's the guy that beat Watson. And then okay. Watson ultimately beat him. And what you'll notice is when Watson beat him, Watson has never lost to him. 
from the point that, that Watson so finally beat him. Yeah. Watson, right. Because, see, and, and so actually she talks about this in the book. I loved it. One of her friends, um, who's like a mathematician, said chess is not a game. Because games have uncertain outcomes. Chess is a challenge of computational ability. Whoever yeah. has the better computational ability wins. And so, you know, the problem, the reason that Watson didn't win, everyone talked about artificial intelligence. There was a, actually, Watson, when Watson beat Kasparov, it was not artificial intelligence, right? It was continuing to program the algorithm to be able to make to learn what calculations he was in the speed. Right. Yep. And by the way, that is also why in chess, you typically play with a time limit. Yeah. Right? Otherwise you could just take forever to make your calculations and make that decision because you are dealing with perfect information. So if you lose a chess game, you can trace down to the move where, where you lost, where you lost it. Right. Yep. So if you lost, if you lose chess, you lose. Right. But I could play the, the as a matter of fact, I think the, the final table of, of World Series of Poker just got set yesterday or today. And you could win. Absolutely. And I could beat, I could beat that person. Um, yeah. And so I say poker, and I use poker. I mean, we, we talked about sales before, and I talk about you know, po great poker players full 80% of the time. Um, I think poker is the perfect analogy. And, and it's funny because I tweeted it. And one person responded, um, well, you know, I think success in business is more than luck. And see, we keep coming back to, to Steve. Right. 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 Yep. Um, and, and I responded to him. I said, if you think poker's luck, that's why you lose all the time. Right. <laughs> right? Because, because poker is, um, managing by the way here's the thing poker is managing decisions that have high consequences where you lack the information necessary to make the decision and you never find out what all the information was so even when you break it down after the fact you you make assumptions about what may have happened yep. because you never see all the cards. As long as one person folds, you won't see who had what or who you know or, or who did what. So even after the fact, you can't even you can't even look in hindsight. Like I lost this sale today, right? I know what they said. I know what I think that means. I know this. Hell, they don't even really know why they said no. So even in hindsight, I can't actually debrief the process. I don't even have access to. to to all, the to, the, to, to all the information, absolutely. And so there's this awesome term in poker called resulting. I think this is a term you and I need to bring into um, demand generation. It's called resulting. Resulting means to basically use the result as the means to measure and assess whether or not you made a good decision. Mm -hmm. Um, and if you result, by the way, that's a bad thing. They use that. That's a pejorative. If you're playing poker and they say you're resulting, that's an insult if anybody's in that situation. Right. And, and we, I think we all have a tendency to result. Right. And I think that's why, I mean, that, that's the downside of running a business. Right. Um, I mean, how many times do you hire somebody? I don't know about you, but every time I've hired somebody, this is the problem. We're about to hire somebody. That's why we lost the sale. 
Um, cause every time we hire somebody, right. Every time we hire somebody, we get into a lull, right? I go, Oh yep. shit. I don't want to hire anybody cause we're really on a hot, on a hot street. Right. And, and you think about it, right. Um, you know, that, that's why every baseball player on the planet is superstitious. It's, it's that result. It's that degree of resulting, Hey, I wore my socks up today and we won. So, so tomorrow mean, I'm going to wear my socks up. It must yeah. mean that I'm wearing my socks up. That's, that's resulting. Yep. Right. And, and so I think that, you know, the difficulty is, you know, you're never as good as you, as you think you are when things are going well, you're never as bad as, as you feel when they're going badly. And, and, and the challenge is the only thing you really can measure. And, and the only thing that, you know, that, that's certain is that result. And, um, and you know, every time you have a bad result, you look at every, you feel like everybody else, Oh, they're just kicking ass. And I, and by the way, social yep. media, like a hundred times worse. Oh uh, yeah, exactly. Yep. But I, I, I see people tweeting and I'm like, dude, I know that guy's almost out of money. <laughs> 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 he's like, he's like, if you really want to go to the world, right. Right. And, and, and so, um, so yeah, so it's hard. So how do you manage that, that process? I mean, you, um, you, you know, you're a small business. You're, you, you, I mean, who, who was it? I can't remember. It doesn't even matter. You know, all our chips, you know, put all our chips on the table. I'm like, shit, you don't know what all your chips on the table means. You have all your chips on the table. Yeah. I've, I mean, for um, sure. Uh, I mean, all of them. And so how, so how do you manage that uncertainty? How do you keep it going? You know, I think it's the, the friends you have. The My wife is super supportive. Exercise. Um, you know, just know it. Just grinding through the pain, I think. is. I, it, oh, keep going. I'm sorry. No, just grinding through the pain is, is, is you, if you just keep grinding, you know, you'll eventually hit that luck point where things start to turn back around. So I, that was a good answer. And I'm glad that you said that, but I didn't, I wasn't actually searching for the Dalai Lama answer. Yeah. Well, <laughs> then you got it. <laughs> no, but what, what I mean is like, I remember when I first started this business, um, I had, I'd come from Merrill Lynch. I, I was, in a place where I was set, right? I, I mean, and by the way, one of the things that motivated me to leave was I didn't feel like going to work much before 10 o'clock and I didn't feel like leaving much later than 2.30 or 3 o'clock. And I yeah. could have worked, you know, 10 to 2.30, 3 o'clock and never had to worry about a thing. And, you know, maybe I was foolish, but, but that got born. And so I came and I started a business and then all of a sudden I was in this place where it's like, you know, I was 20 something years old, who am I? What about, um, and all of a sudden I couldn't make a decision. I'm like, who am I to know? How do I know? There's gotta be, um, and I, and I actually remember when we first hit that stage where it was like, okay, we're, we're okay now. And, and I got like paranoid. I got, I could not, I went for about three months. I couldn't make a decision. And I, and I remember it was like, I, I was more scared because I felt like, well, when I started the business, if I failed, then people would say, hey, he gave it a shot. Yeah. But, but then I had a place where it's like, oh, he must be doing okay. Then if I failed, it was like, oh, well, he fucked it up. <laughs> right? Because right. like if I fail and I didn't get anywhere, hey, at least I tried. Right, right. right. At least you tried. Right. 
you, you must have really screwed up. Yeah. Um, and I just began to realize that like all of a sudden, all of what I didn't know um, freaked me out. Right. And, and, and I've been there multiple times. Right. So, so my question, my question is, and again, I think this happens, you know, you're a marketing person and you're like, Oh my God, if I do this, what will I get fired? What if my boss doesn't like it? What about this? You know? Um, Hey, you know, if you're a sales exec, you know, you know, all the way down the line, we're, we're all in this, we're all in the business of making decisions. Yep. Right. And, and, and we have to make decisions faster and the stakes are higher. How do you make decisions when, when you lack the information that you need to actually make a good one? So I'll tell you, based on that commentary, I'll, I'll give you, as, as we've progressed as a business, I think I've gotten it much better at making decisions faster and either the right decision or the wrong decision and trying to measure that as quickly as possible. So if I don't, I mean, if I don't have, you know, the right information, I, I at least just make the decision. I, like this could be completely wrong or could be completely right, but make that decision quickly. And then measure the, the effect of that decision. Or what I also do is at times I'll consult people that I know have been through this and you know, hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? But I've also found that a lot of times you, get, you, you hear only the things that you want to hear when you ask other people's opinions. How do you decide if you made a good decision or a bad decision? Uh, typically the end result. So you're resulting? Yes. Yep. You'd be a bad poker player. Can we... What are you doing? I, I'm not. You, I'm not. I'm not a good poker. One, my ADD gets in. My ADD gets in, in the way. I'm. I'm the guy that's always all in. All in. All in. I play poker. I, I think I'm good for about two thirds of the game. <laughs> then I'm like, um, I. So, I mean, like, am I, am I on a path that I'm just like, I'm obsessed by this and no one cares, so we should find something more interesting? Or, like, I think that's just a horrible way to, to assess decision making. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree. But if I make the wrong decision, what I try to do is, uh, again, I'm resulting, as you call it. Um, I try to learn from, you know, try to learn from what, what did I do wrong or what did I do right? But that's so, even that that's the problem even that much. Well, I don't think it makes the problem that much more worse, but at least learn something from every decision that's been made. But how do you know what to learn? Sometimes you do. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes you just have to move forward. Right. But, but so, see, I think what happens is I think we learn the wrong things more often than we learn the right things because, and I think that is especially true when we result. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and so this, this is why I'm a huge fan of process. Um, and, and, it, and it's funny because a lot of people, when they talk to me, they don't think I'm a process person. 
because I try to break every process that I create. Right, Ellen? <laughs> um, Ellen's, Ellen's staying quiet on that. No comment. <laughs> the, so like, you know, and, and Ellen, do you, you know, uh, chip in when, you know, if, 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 the, um, if, if it hits you. I hate losing business. I go crazy. Yeah. Lose business. Is, is that right, Ellen? Would you agree with that? Yes, totally. Except sometimes we lose business and I'm like the calmest person in the world. <laughs> right? And, and what I say is, look, I mean, I still remember a client that we lost and I remember the team was down that we lost the client. And I said, guys, don't be down that we lost this client. We did what we were supposed to do. Right. This was the plan we had. We executed the plan as well as we could. In hindsight, we didn't know X and that caused a problem. Yeah. Right. And, and so I think what happens is that because the decision that when you resolved, you made a bad decision, you were bad, you lost, but you didn't know X when you started. Right. Yep. And so the fact that you didn't know X means you can't hold yourself accountable to the quality of decision that you made before X became known. Right. Right. And, and I think that aspect of it, I mean, I, I see it in baseball all the time, right? Baseball players result, uh, and Lord knows fans result on steroids. You got a hit. Yay. You're great. He struck out. Oh, you suck. You suck. Right. Um, and it's like, you know, sometimes, sometimes you strike out and it's like, hey, tip my hat to the pitcher. Holy cow, that was awesome. Sometimes you give up a home run and it's like, you know, dude, I threw – the pitch I threw was awesome, right? But somehow he got to it and you win some, you lose some, right? And so I, 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 think, I think what we have to start doing – so I'm, I'm going to use this as the opportunity to, to begin to, to teach some of the stuff that I'm starting to do as a result of this because we talk about right or wrong. Right. And we, you know, this will have that. Hey, Mike, what do you think if I do this? Well, I think that's a bad choice because of X. Right. Right. Well, well it sounds like you're a hundred percent certain when you say that, but you're not a hundred percent certain. Right. Sorry, so, right. Absolutely. And so we have a whole bunch of people that are all talking. They all sound like they're a hundred percent certain. And they're all in pursuit of what the 100% right or the 0% wrong decision is. And there is no such thing, right? And so what would the difference be if we, if when we were debating things and we were sharing our opinions or experience, we told you what our certainty factor was? Hey, Mike, I think this is the wrong decision. I got about 20% certainty here, but I think it's the wrong decision. Would you, like, how many times do you tell somebody an opinion? And if I were to ask you, how certain are you of that opinion? You might say you're somewhere around 20% certain. <laughs> yeah, very. Right. It happens all the time, right? Yeah. Now I hear you say that and I think you're a hundred percent certain. Right. Yep. 
And so I interpreted that as 100% certain. And then it turns out that it's wrong. And I go, oh my God, Mike, you were wrong. I can't leave. Never we we can't do right. We can't do we can't do business together anymore. Except, or, yep. or 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 I, 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 Mike's a friend, but never ask him for what to do in a business situation again. Right. But 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 what if Mike had said, you know, hey, I'm twenty percent certain. I think it's wrong, but I'm only twenty percent certain. I, I would probably listen to that, and and manage that differently. Right. Um. And and what if I was eighty percent certain? Right. Well, guess what? If I'm 80% certain, that means one out of five times I'm wrong. And, and I'm still right at, at, at an 80% certainty. Right. But would that change yeah. how we process things? I don't think it would. Really? I think it would big time. Because I think that's what being data driven is all about. Yeah, but as many people that believe they're data driven... Well, they're not, I'm not talking about believe. I'm saying, but I'm, would it, sorry. Come on. I told you I was salty before we started. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, I just think most people would have a hard time thinking in that direction. Because like you said, if I'm 20% certain that this is going to happen, they would hear, well, it's going to happen. Well, see, I actually think if, if someone heard 20% certain, they would go, oh, so then it's not going to happen. And if I heard 80% certain, then, but if, if, so if you were 20% certain and then you got a result, would you analyze and assess your decision-making differently? And would you might, might you learn, look to learn different things as opposed to you, like when you make a decision and you get a bad result, you say you made a bad decision. Yeah. And, and so but what can I learn from it? If anything. But, but, but in essence, what you're classifying is your decision was a hundred percent wrong. Yeah. How do you feel when you make a bad decision? Uh, at first, you know, obviously there's, it, it, there's a negative thought and then you just got to move past it. You feel bad when you, cause who wants to yeah. be wrong? Cause you, right. you were wrong a hundred percent, but you probably weren't wrong a hundred percent. Yeah. Right. But the result I was going after did not happen. So I'm still resulting. <laughs> Right. And so, and so what we do, I mean, why, why this, and again, we remember this started off, let's talk about what the bad side of. So you, you carry this. You, you end up overestimating in all situations, the you in the equation mm -hmm. or the we in the equation, if it's a group. And when you're overestimating the you or the we, what are you discounting? The luck. Yeah. That's and, deep, man. And, and think about it. Like, of a result... I think 
50 to 80% of just about every outcome is luck. And, and I'm going to define luck. See, I think we also define luck as, I think we define luck differently. Yeah. I think we define luck as a horseshoe up our ass. Right. Oh, he's lucky. Right. Meaning he won the lot. Right. Which, which is, you know, what is winning the lottery? Winning the lottery is making an unequivocally stupid decision and being rewarded for it. Yeah. Right. It is, it is taking bad skill and being rewarded for it. And, and if you look at, if you look at the investor world in 1999, here's a fun stat for you. All you young kids that don't even know, did you know in the NHL draft, everybody drafted, I think everybody drafted close to everybody drafted was born after 2000, they're 2000 plus wow. babies, right? Um, none of these, no, no drafted hockey player knows what the Y2K problem is. Just, just think well, I don't think any hockey player knows what the Y2K problem is. Uh, so, so in 1999, when the stock market was up, the S&P 500 was up like 20 some percent, one of the best years ever in the stock market. Did you know that if you broke the stock market down, the S&P 500 down between companies that made money and companies that lost money that year? Mm-hmm. Now, if I told you I've got one group of companies that, that, have, that are making money and one group of companies that are losing money, which group of companies would you want to invest in? Companies that were making money. Right. The companies in the S&P 500 in 1999 had an average return that year of just over minus 2%. Guess what the return was for the companies that lost money? Probably 100%. 30 plus percent. Yeah. 30 plus percent. There you go. I'm not, I'm not shocked by that. But uh, look at look at the look at the tech world right now. Hold on. Hold on. Who gets Hold on. What happened in the year 2000? I mean, the stock market crashed. All those companies got So what? Now by the way, look at if you take a look at the money that flowed into if you, if you look at money that flowed into high quality companies in 2000, there was a net negative inflow into funds that invested primarily in companies that were considered strong or profitable. And there was a tremendous inflow into um, funds that, that invested in lower quality companies that lost money, right? Why? Well, I bought GE and it's down 6%. My friend bought pets.com and it was up 78%. I'm an idiot. I'm going to take all of my money out of GE because I made a bad decision, right? See, and you said something else that I think is interesting. You said, I make a decision, I try to measure it and assess it as quickly as possible, which is another danger, right? When, at no, what it, point it, it, you measure assessment, right? We talked with Gerhard yeah. about that in, on a podcast. And, and so, um, um, 
you know, made a bad decision. I'm resulting. I take my money out here and I put my money in here. And by the way, having been in financial services in the private client group, I know this is what happens all the time as much, you know, because we, we assess it after the fact. Right. And so we, we, we place it on us. So luck is things that happen that are outside of your control. Right. Um, yep. And what was it that Steve said? Steve said when, when, when he was at Barracuda, if, if Barracuda's landmark product, I think he said, if I remember correctly, he said, if it had come out six months earlier or six months later, no one would ever heard of Barracuda. Yep. Right. But it came out at the time that. Now, does, any, does, does the fact that it came out at the time that, that email spam was just exploding, does that discount? Barracuda success? No. Not in the least, right? Here's what would discount Barracuda's success is if Barracuda said we were successful because we were so smart. We chose to do see, I made a good decision of launching it here. Right. Here's a guy who's actually smarter than I first gave him credit for, Mark Cuban. Right. Do you do you remember what Mark Cuban sold that made him a billionaire? I think it's the funniest damn thing. Was it, wasn't his consulting company or his tech? Yeah. He had a business where, where what he did is he put webcams at all these colleges and even high schools. And he basically streamed video on the web of all these different sports teams. Now they didn't even have people broadcasting. They just had a webcam. Uh, broadcast.com was the, was the name of the company. Ah, that's it. You're right. Yep. Yep. And he sold, you know, and, he, and it got bought by like CBS or somebody for billions of dollars. Now, now here's the thing. It was a piece of shit. Yeah. Right. But it was like, Oh, that's the new thing. And it got bought. And, and here's the thing that I give, that I, that I give Cuban credit for. I, I think he know, and I met him. I just had to throw that in there, by the way. Where'd you meet him? Um, I, I, back when I was a member of, of EO Entrepreneurs Organization, he came and spoke and we went out drinking. With a whole, he went out drinking. He's, he is as crazy as you think. He is. Yeah. Wild um, dude. He is wild. Oh, my God. I, I could not, you know, I, I, could, I could not keep pace with him. I don't know how he does it. But, yeah. but he, like, he gets... I mean, he's a cocky bastard. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but he gets that, like, that was not necessarily a smart thing, right? And and so you know he, you know the way he assesses investments and things like that, a he acknowledges there's a luck factor, and there, you know, it's funny. I was talking, um, I was on some some conference call with somebody, and and. And, and a fellow owner of an agency who you and I both know said something that I thought was really interesting. He said, you know, if I were a betting man, I would do this. And he was talking about a decision on, on, and I said to him, I said, well, you know, really you are a betting man because every time you make a decision, you're making a bet. Yeah. Right. And so, so, um, Hey, Ellen, remember when we were in Las Vegas? I do. 
and you were, I'm tired, I have to go to bed early. <laughs> I hate uh, you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and someone who was with us, um, who I won't mention, um, we were sitting at the, um, at the three-card poker table. And, I mean, he bet based on his result. Right? And he was all over the place. And at, at the end of the day, he talked about how unlucky he was. And, and I actually, I hadn't brought any cash with me. I didn't have any cash with me. So actually, our, Jess, our director of operations, actually lent me some money. Um, so, I, so she staked me, right? She, uh, <laughs> and, and, I, and I walked out with a couple hundred dollars, right? And, and you know, really stuck to a process. Let, let, was I any luckier than he was? No. We both had the same control. Right? You just played your game differently. I just played, right, I played a different game, right? And I assessed my decisions differently, right? I, I, I assessed when was I going to increase or de decrease bet, bets differently, right? Um, and, and I think that that's, so, we, you know, when we're making decisions, um, where, where do you account for the luck factor? Because here's why I think... But I don't think you can account for the luck factor. I think you can. If you can't account for the luck factor, then why do you consistently have the same set of players on the final table of World Series of Poker? Yeah. Right, because that's all poker is. It's, remember what you loved about, about what I said about being data-driven? Yeah. It's about not looking for the right decision. The right the decision, decision, right. Yep. That, that gives you, that maximizes the probability. The, the probability the that you are going to. Right. Yep. Right. And, and so here's what, here's what poker players do, right? Poker players, um, they, 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 they set themselves quotas. Did you know that? I did not. I know. I, I'm not a big, I'm not a, I'm not a poker player. So you should, well, I'm not a poker player either. Yeah. But, but poker players set themselves quotas, right? Because when you, when you actually look at it, what they realize is, you know, everyone says, like all the people who end up making money as gamblers, they say, I love it because I've got freedom. I get to do what I want to do whenever I want to do it. I'm not stuck to a job. Except for the fact that when you actually take a look at the people who make a money living poker, it comes down to they make a pr pretty consistent amount of money per hour of game played. And so the fact of the matter is, um, I had somebody who went, I had a friend who once said definition of an entrepreneur is someone who can choose any 80 hours per week that they can work. You know, that, that's what freedom is. Um, you know, and so, you know, you have to work. And, and so, you know, typically we've got to work, I've got to work six to eight hours. Um, this, this is what my quota is for, for what I should earn in those six to eight hours. And by the way, some days we go out and it just ain't right. Like some days we're not lucky, except that actually our, our luck really hasn't changed that much. We're just not always as much on the ball and decision-making. Everything doesn't, doesn't fall into place. So you realize that, you know, the key is walk away before you get so hurt that you can't recover. Right. So you set yourself loss limits. Right. Um, it was fascinating. She asked the question in this book. I'll ask you. You're in Vegas and you decide what the hell I'm going to play some blackjack. And in the first hour, you're up a thousand dollars. And, you know, you're with your buddies and, everyone's still playing 
and you play two more hours and you end up breaking even. You end up at zero. Yeah. How do you feel? Happened. How do you feel? Shitty. Right. Okay. <laughs> you're in Vegas with your buddies. You decide to play some blackjack. First hour, you're down $1,000. You're like, dude, let's go. And your buddies are like, no, 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 dude, no, I'm on a roll. Let's keep playing. So you go ahead and grind it on and you keep playing. And guess what? You play two more hours and you end up even. How do you feel? Great. Right? Let, let me change the situation. You're with your buddies, same thing. You're up, you're, you're up 1,000 at the end of an hour. You finish up 100. How do you feel? Shitty. Shitty. Down a thousand. Two hours later, you finish down a hundred. How do you feel? Happy. Great, right? See, <laughs> right? Isn't it? Right? Yep. Say the same situation or worse. Like in 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 the in the first situation, both times you are like, dude, I'm done. I'm f you. I don't. Right. In the second situation, you're like, hey, I'm buying the drinks. Right. Even though the outcome's actually not not any different. Not any different. Right. But, but so and here's where I think people get themselves screwed up. And I did not know this is where we were going to go when we started this conversation, but here's where I think, here's why I think, here's why I think it's so hard to, to, to live the life of a decision maker. And, I, and I'm going to, I'm going to definitely finish with, with my tribute to decision makers. Um, we, you know, what gets all the talk about the difficulties of running a business, you know, it gets all the talk that, the bad. And it's funny because we said, we're going to talk about the part that doesn't get all the talk, what happens when it goes wrong. But the reality is that it actually gets all the talk. Yeah. Right. You're on Twitter. How many motivational things tell you how not to get over confident with hubris when things are going well, right? It's always about, Hey, remember there's tomorrow. There's this, there's this, there's this. And so we have all this stuff. And, and I said, how do you measure your decision? How do you do this? And, and I don't mean, you know, it's what we all talk about. Well, you know, when bad things happen sometimes and I feel bad, you buck yourself up, you grind for it. We kill ourselves because we are wrong when it goes well. Because when it goes well, we take all of the credit. Yeah. Right. I won this sale. Hey, buddy, I won it. I lost the sale. Well, any salesperson that survives for more than a year is going to make more sales than they lose in total. If you get what I mean, I'm, even if I have a 25%, yeah. I, I guess, because not everyone gets to that last, right? Okay. Yeah. So, and, right. And, and what do we do? We go, well, this, and, and think about it. Well, when I close sales, this is what happens all the time. Well, dude, guess what? 50 to 80% of that is luck. I, t I can tell you with, I'm 90% certain if my first call had happened with this company 30 days earlier, they would have closed. I think I wouldn't want for, for the reasons that I, I think I would have won the business. I think, I think where they are in their year led to, led to the ultimately led, led, led to the, you know, ultimately the decision. No decision. That yep. here, right. Um, well, yeah, that doesn't discount the fact that as I go through and I look at it, I can see, okay, this is where I made. And by the way, I made a decision in the sale at one point and said, this is not the right decision, but you never get to deal with the right decision in sales. Right. Um, I, you know, and, and it would, to a degree it was around identifying and clarifying and cementing budget. Right. 
and it was kind of like, well, we could be stuck here and I could spend a whole lot of time trying to get through this, or I could spend a little bit more time, move forward and, and deal with it after the fact. If, if it turns out that it becomes a problem. And, and, and that was a, that was a contributing factor. Yeah. But here's the thing. If I had stopped at that point, we wouldn't even be at the point of them making a decision. And it would have dragged on for even longer. You know, and, 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 you know, we'll, we'll, we'll circle back, et cetera. But I think where, what happens is we take all this credit when we're right, when we win. Have you ever noticed a ball player when they're on a hot streak? Yeah, of course. What do they talk about? How well they're hitting, how much they're practicing. Do they really? I don't think they ever talk about how well they're hitting. I, Daniel Bryce Harper definitely does. <laughs> no, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. No, everyone else talks about it. I remember when – so I'm going to give you the Dan Murphy quote first, right, the Daniel Murphy quote. Um, back to two years when he was hitting 340-something, two hits every day, that type of thing. And they're like, and Dan Coco, for those of you that aren't Nationals fans, look him up. Dan Coco's interviewing him. He's like, so, you know, what is it that you're doing that's enabling you to make uh, – and, and here's what he said. I get up. I look for a good pitch. I try to get my A swing on. Well, well what types of things – I get up. I try to look for a good pitch, get my A swing on it. And, you know, it, it's this joke. And, by the yeah. way – when, when Harper, this was two years ago, he was on fire. Um, and he's like, you know, what, are you seeing the ball better? Are you, I mean, cause holy cow, you've got, you know, you've got six home runs in the last four games. You're, you're batting over 500. You know what? And you, you know what he said? Didn't I have no idea. Gio look, didn't Gio look really good today? Cause that's why I love ball players. Like they, if they're hot, they will not talk. Michael Jordan, when he was hot, he wouldn't talk about wouldn't it. Wouldn't talk about it. You do not talk about it, right? Because because here's one of the things they know. If you're hot, you're going to get cold. Yeah. Right? And when I'm hot, it's not all me. And when I'm cold, it's not all me either. But I think, I think because we take all this credit when we're right, and there's, I think that we create – so I think we create these problems that make it that much harder when we're wrong. Some of them are art- – I mean, yeah, they're, they're artificial problems too. They're, they're, they're problems that we've created for ourselves. In our yeah. own mind. And, and it, that also plugs into this idea that when we say that there are problems, it plugs into this idea that there's some state out there that there are not problems. Right. So remember when someone told you, well, you know, if I could only get my business to a million dollars, if I could only get my business to a million dollars, I'm helping you start. It's like, if I could only get my business to $100,000, if I could only yeah. get it to $100,000, then all my problems would be solved. If I could only get it to a million dollars, if I could only get it to a million dollars, then all my problems would be solved. If I could only get it to $5 million, if I could only get it to five, then all my problems would be solved. Right? And then you get there and you're like, wait a second, I still have problems. I still have all the same problems. Right. I, I, have, I have the same set of problems, Wonderful. except that they're, they're bigger, more difficult. Um, I got more people that I have to deal with to manage them, and I've got a much bigger distance to fall. Right. Yep. And, and, and look at this. And I mean, I don't mean to get morbid, but did you know that the suicide rate is higher with high income, high intelligent population? Yeah. Right. Like my, my brother used to say this uh, when we're talking about something. I, 
He said, you know, you know what they don't have in Ethiopia? Remember back in the day, uh, Live yeah. Aid, Ethiopia. He said, you know what problem they don't have in Ethiopia? They don't have suicide. a starvation. I'm sorry, they don't have a suicide problem. Yeah. He said, because when you're fighting for survival, you don't think about killing yourself. Yeah. Right. But it's it's this, and I and I, I got to tell you, I worry about it. I mean, you've seen it. You've seen some of the people who have, um, well, I mean, how recently you got Anthony Bourdain, you've got yep. you, you've got. Um, I forget who the guy was. I mean, who was a legitimate SAS hero. And, and it's like, there's this aspect of that we build that we just kind of go, and I know I have days like this. I'm like, well, maybe I'm not, maybe I'm not up to this. Yep. Right. And, and so I think that there's this me aspect that's, that, that, that's there. And I, and I think if we realize that we're all just sitting, whatever the job is, we're all just sitting at a giant poker play at a, at a giant poker table and we're making decisions as bets, I think that we'd have better outcomes. I think we'd have more consistent lives. And I think that when we were on vacation in Vegas, we'd end up winning more money too. Conversation has definitely helped helped me out from the the past few weeks that I've had, that's for sure. And and so here's the other thing that I'm going to say. So I, I, I shouldn't say this. So I, was at, I was at the Nats game this weekend. Um, OG's getting nervous now. Um, and Davey Martinez is getting ripped by a whole bunch of fans. Davey Martinez is the manager of the Nats. Yeah, yeah. Davey Martinez is getting ripped by. I was. I wasn't telling you. I was telling our I'm listeners who, who made it. See, I'm the one that who respects the listeners. Who doesn't? Who doesn't know who Davey Martinez is? But you know. And so, and so, you know, he, he called the squeeze and someone said something on Twitter and I went ahead and said something on Twitter and uh, maybe I was a little sardonic on what I said on Twitter. I learned, by the way, Twitter is not the place to be sardonic. Um, and, and the thing is, and, and, and so Davey is getting roasted by people who don't know shit about baseball. And here's the thing, and by the way, and some people who do, and here's what I, like, if I could say anything to them, what I would say is, when's the last time you made a decision that 40,000 people were going to judge two seconds after you made it? I'd like to see your ass out there and make the decision, because you know what? He may suck, and I don't think he does, but he may suck but at least he made a damn decision, right? And I say that to every sales rep, marketing executive, business owner, PE, and whatever it is, I have the utmost respect and props to the people who, who put their ass on the line, they make a decision, they take an action, they have no idea what the outcome is going to be and they keep doing it and they keep doing it and they keep doing it and they're willing to make themselves look foolish and they're willing to be wrong. Cause, cause I'll tell you, most people sit on the sidelines, wait for the outcome, woulda, shoulda, coulda, and then bitch about how unlucky they are. And so you know what you know what luck is to me. I'm I'm 
maybe I'm telling this for me. Luck to me is control your downside, keep making decisions, build build a process for for thinking about those decisions. You know, measure your decisions on on what on what you knew at the time. And obviously, you know, you want to learn, but but realize, you know, if you're lucky, you control 50% of the outcome. Um, and keep making that decision. And, and I'll tell you, if you keep making the decision and, and, and you keep looking forward, it, it, it's going to come around to you, right? And I have mad props to you. I, you know, if you go out of business, if you lose a sale, if you look foolish, if, if 70 if 70 million people say you're stupid, Pete Carroll, who made a smart call in the Super Bowl, it was a smart play call. How about Pete Carroll, who I, by the way, don't actually like that much. But you know what I have <laughs> mad, mad props for him? Is, for all, you know, you know the play I'm talking about, right? Yep. For all the people who are talking about how stupid Pete Carroll is, how could you have not handed the ball off to Marshawn Lynch? Here's what I know about 99.8% of the people who say shit about him. They wouldn't have been able to make a play call. They all go, oh, I know I would sign it all. I would, I would hand it off to Marshawn Lynch. Right? But yep. you play golf from time to time, don't you? I'm off on a tangent. This is fun. You play golf from time to time, right? Yeah. You know, you got your buddy, he's all talking shit, talking smack. Hey, other. Then he comes up and he's got like a five-foot putt, right? And, and he's talking all this and that, how he's going to beat your ass, right? You know what? You, have you ever said to him, oh, you want to make a bet about this putt? All the time. And what do they do? They whiff. Well, if, if you get like, well, you know, I uh, know. Right, right. right. Want to bet? <laughs> want to bet? Right. You know what? You know what? Because think about this, right? You got you got what thirty five seconds to make the play. You got thirty five seconds to run the play. Right to run the play. So, so you got all this stuff going wrong. You got things going on. You you got seventeen things going on in your headphones as everyone's saying this. You got you seventeen seconds is forever, right? I, I've coached third base, and which is nothing by the way compared to what he did. I coached third base in a real life game, and you're like, oh. Uh, and, and, and you know me, or and I've I've called pitches where the catcher and pitcher are like, come on, come on, we went, you know, and we yeah, we got to get the pitch in, right? right. We, I got I got to have a rhythm. I got to have a rhythm, right? And so you got this short amount of time, and here's what I know: ninety nine point eight percent of the people who are tell, who are saying things like, you know, Pete Carroll doesn't know what the hell he's doing. He's an idiot. You couldn't have even made a decision in that period of time. And so I will say this: respect the decision maker. Respect the people who do something, who act. Let's let's take the the let let's realize that we're all lucky at the end of the day, and and realize hey the best thing we can do is just manage ourselves to be there. Mad props to the people who make decisions. Mad props to the people who take action. Keep doing it. And and from my perspective, hey, growth is going to take care of itself at the end of the day. Amen, brother. Best speech go. I've heard in a long time. Thanks for joining us on this edition. Um, <laughs> the Black Line Podcast. I have no idea what this has to do with the alignment between sales and marketing, but I think it needed to be said.